to combat climate compliance evangelists. And I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one of the month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day two, FCPA enforcement actions for hiring practices. Up until the summer of 2015, hiring practices under the FCPA were not given much thought or widely discussed. However, that began to change in the summer of 2015 when the SEC announced a resolution with the Bank of New York Mellon for violations of the FCPA. This was the first enforcement action around the now famous Princelings and Princelessings investigations where U.S. companies hired the sons and daughters of foreign government officials to curry favor or retain business. In the matter of Bank of New York Mellon, they agreed to pay $14.8 million to settle the charges they violated the FCPA. The order specified how the hiring of relatives led directly to Mellon obtaining and retaining business. One foreign official made personal and discreet requests that Mellon provide internships to two of his relatives, a son and a nephew. He was a key decision maker for uh, a sovereign wealth fund sending work to Mellon. The official persisted in his inquiries and then demanded that unless the son and nephew were hired, the business would cease going forward to Mellon. Second, a foreign official asked for his son to receive an internship at Mellon. All three of these individuals were hired, yet none met the requirements for Mellon's internship program. They neither met the academic or professional requirements, and they did not go through the normal hiring process as they were not interviewed. Finally, the three individuals were provided with bespoke internships, rotational in nature, meaning that the interns had an opportunity to work with a number of different 
business units at Mellon, enhancing the value of their work experience beyond what was normally provided to interns. So what are some of the key red flags present in this recitation? Well, first of all, each of the candidates was recommended by a foreign official who controlled business for the bank. Next, the internship requests were specifically the quid pro quo for receiving business. Next, the candidates did not meet the basic entrance standard for bank internships. Next, the candidates were hired sight unseen before even meeting or interviewing with any bank officials. Finally, the internships themselves were all bespoke, separate and apart from the standard internship program. The next enforcement action was Qualcomm, which happened in February 2016. In addition to the types of facts presented in the Bank of New York Mellon case, there were additional reasons not to hire or even retain the family member of the foreign official after the person was hired. The candidate was rated as a no-hire because he was not a skill match for Qualcomm as he did not even meet the minimum requirements for moving forward with an offer. Additionally, the Qualcomm team that was involved in the interview process, so here at least he did have an interview, specifically noted in his interview form there was an agreement that he would be a drain, not even a neutral, on the teams he joined, yet he was offered a job as a special favor. So if someone is so unqualified that employing them will negatively impact the company, there must be another very good reason to hire them, such as providing a benefit to their family member who is official, foreign official under the FCPA. So what does all this mean for HR and the hiring process? Well, the obvious starting point for the hiring of any close family member of a foreign government official is whether the candidate is qualified for the position. If they are not qualified, it is full stop at that point. In the case of Bank of New York Mellon, there was no evidence any of the candidates had the academic background, the academic credentials, leadership traits, or intangible skills to meet the bank's normal internship hiring criteria. As with any other anomaly granted in a company's normal process and procedures, there must be a documented reason for the exception, review by the appropriate authority, and documentation as to why the exception was granted. None of these steps were present in the Bank of New York Mellon manner. Put another way, if you are hiring a family member or a close relative of a foreign official for any reason other than merit, it had better be a pretty darn good reason and well-documented so as to show your decision-making calculus with appropriate senior management oversight, all documented if the regulators ever come knocking. But your risk management does not stop with the hiring process. If the foreign official is the same person who made the request for the hiring of your family member, this is a red flag not to be overlooked. Your analysis needs to be one on the role of the foreign government official in awarding business to your company or in the retention of business. If the foreign official has direct or even strong indirect control over such a business relationship, there may present such a conflict of interest that the risk cannot be managed. A good rule of thumb is whether there is full transparency in the hiring with the foreign official, involved, foreign government involved with your co company. In the case of Bank of New York Mellon, the foreign officials did not want anyone at the Sovereign Wealth Funds to know that the bank had hired the son or nephews, sons or nephew. That is a clear sign transparency is lacking and someone somewhere is engaged in unethical, if not illegal, conduct. Finally, if you do decide to move forward and hire the close family member, you need to assign 
that new hire to work not associated with a business relationship between your company and the foreign government involved. Just as in the life cycle of third-party management, managing the relationship after the contract is inked is in many ways the most crucial element. The same is true in the employment relationship involving close family members. The execution part could well be after the employee is hired. Ultimately, you have to have internal controls to ensure effective compliance going forward. You cannot have customer relationship managers making the call on hiring, which override HR procedures. There must not only be HR review, but there also must be mechanisms in place to flag for compliance review such hires as they present a greater risk. Lastly, there needs to be sufficient senior management oversight because of the high-risk proposition and to demonstrate you put a second set of eyes on any exceptions that have been granted. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first, when considering the son or daughter of a foreign official, if a candidate does not meet your internal hiring criteria, it should be the end of the conversation, full stop at that point. Two, if the candidate is hired but cannot meet the workload requirements, there should be mo- no circle s- special circumstance for retention. And finally, number three, the actions of the foreign official must be scrutinized as an ongoing part of the hiring process and forward indicia of awarding business must be considered going forward. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day two, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three of one month to better compliance through HR. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Operationalizing Your Compliance Program Through the Use of Your HR Function. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at T-F-O-X, that's T-Fox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.